Howdy folks, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Uh, there are spoilers for books that are, what, 25 years old, so be be warned. If you want to send feedback, you can do that. Google Plus has a page for the Ronin Rabbit. The email address is usagipodcast at gmail.com. The website, bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit, And on Facebook, you can find the episodes posted on the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo Facebook page. Uh, Teal also, uh, Teal, excuse me, Twitter also, if you tweet, Teal, T-E-A-L Productions, will get your tweets to me. The Usagi Yojimbo Color Special, number four. Cover dated July 1997, entitled Green Persimmon, is what I'm looking at today. The Dramatis Personae include Mayamoto Usagi, Tomoe Ame, been a while, Lord Hikiji in name only, and Lord Noriyuki. So we open with a runaway horse, a samurai riddled with arrows, the horse Frightened near to death, trying to escape, running through a crowd of people. We see a couple talking while a child is playing. Instantly, you know what's going to happen. The horse is bearing down, going to run over the child. The townspeople cannot react in time. In sweeps Usagi, saving the child in time, the horse passing by. Usagi momentarily stops to ensure that the child is okay, hands it over to its mother, then goes to investigate the samurai who subsequently fell off his horse. Uh, The horse continued on, still scared out of its wits. He walks up to the samurai, sees that he is wearing the Gaishu Mon, uh, Mon being the crest. And he, uh, he tries to talk to the guy, but the guy is, you know, near death, but he does ask, take this to Lord Noriyuki. Cough, sput, gasp, rattle as he's dying, but he he hands Usagi a parcel. A little uh, pouch. Usagi opens the pouch and sees that it is a green ceramic persimmon. And before he can really consider, you know, all the possible ramifications of what he now has learned and what he has seen. Uh, someone off to the side yells out, hand it over, Ronan, and he looks over his shoulder at a group of four, five rather rough-looking samurai. And so that we truly understand how rough they are, one off to the side is turning to the woman whose child Usagi just saved and says, stay out of this, you two her and her companion. So we know that these guys are are toughs, okay? There, there is no doubt now. So Usagi turns a little bit more and says, he entrusted this to me. I have an obligation to honor his dying request. This is not your concern, says one samurai, the leader, but it put it down and we'll let you walk away alive. Well, Usagi turns his back and is holding up the persimmon, looking at it, kind of closing one eye, you know, changing his perspective on it. What is this, anyways? There's nothing out of the ordinary about this ceramic persimmon. And the leader of the group yells, We warned you! Get the meddler! Kill him! As they all bum-rush him. Now, 
there's a couple things that pop up in in this issue uh, like this to me. They're uh, memes, perhaps tropes, uh, but one is in um, particularly in kung fu movies. The character that you're watching, be he protagonist or antagonist, doesn't matter. Uh, He will be in the midst of a situation that is going to turn bad. But the character you're watching, the point of view character, maintains his composure as if nothing is going on, and more importantly, nothing is going to occur until the very last moment. Then he reacts in a display of blinding speed and ability and, you know, uh, wins whatever this upcoming battle is. Now, this is an example. There's another example a little bit later on that's even better in my mind. Um, But also, as this fight ensues, is another trope that I'm a big fan of in Kung Fu movies. Okay? Uh, Kung Fu practitioner of whichever discipline, is looking at a frail or fragile item. Uh, An important item that need not get broken, if at all possible, or damaged in any way, and is looking at it, inspecting it, only to be attacked. So what does Kung Fu Master do? He tosses the object into the air, dispatches all the bad guys, and catches the object before it can fall to its destruction completing the uh, coolness of the abilities of that particular Kung Fu practitioner. Now, Usagi does this as they rush him. He tosses the ceramic persimmon up in the air, dispatches all five men, sheaths his sword, and as he's sheathing his sword in that panel, he's holding his hand out, and the persimmon falls into his hand. So not only he, he doesn't reach for the persimmon, he knows precisely where it's going to fall and he places his hand there in preparation and sure enough the persimmon strikes him deftly on the hand. Awesome stuff. Um, th- there is a major drawback in my mind to this issue uh, as much as I may talk glowingly about it here in the upcoming minutes. It's in color and I do not enjoy the color Usagi work nearly as much as I enjoy Stan Sakai's inked black and white work. That is one of the things that really drew me to Usagi and continues to hold me in this day of shiny, glossy, 80 million color, computer-generated, painted, well, whatever art you, you know, is is hot, popular, whatever. If you enjoy that stuff, that's, you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to put it down. Uh, my point is that it's not my bag. Uh, good art is good art, be it black and white or color. Mr. Sakai's art is good art in black and white. It does not need color. In my mind, color doesn't add anything, and for me, it detracts. So, uh, it's, it's, not, it's, it's very good artwork. Very good to look at. The coloring is, is done well, uh, as, as far as I know coloring. But, I prefer Mr. Sakai's artwork in black and white. So, of course, it was not bad enough that it kept me from reading it, but just to, to throw that out there. So, uh, having dispatched this uh, crew of samurai, Usagi further inspects the persimmon, but nothing. It's just, it's a jar, right? It has a bottom, it has a removable top. He looks at it, looks inside. There's, there's nothing to it but what it is a green ceramic persimmon. That's so. Uh, but he decides, well, you know, the dude died. 
for it. Uh, he handed it off to me to complete his task. I, I am, you know, kind of friends with Lord Noriyuki. I'll get it there. He continues the journey. Behind him, atop a large hill in the background, we see a group of observers. And one says, an amazing swordsman. He killed those ronin we hired. They were expendables, but now he has the persimmon. He's headed to... Well, anyways, the result of the conversation is that those watching want the persimmon. This was a an initial sortie to retrieve it. Didn't work. So we know that there are more uh, following Usagi after the persimmon. Several panels of Usagi walking. Uh, a couple notes. In one of the panels, one of the tokage is... Uh, a pur- purplish or a dark pinkish, um, whereas most of the ones I've seen are green, so it's cool to see a different colored Tokagi. Uh, that one decides, the purple one or pink one, whatever the non-green color one is, decides to follow Usagi for a little while as he's walking along the coast in the region of Japan that he is in. We see the surf, we see uh, rocks and and sand, a beach, the coastline. Usagi is very taken by it. Uh, we even see a dragonfly playing along the way, um, which I, I question that a dragonfly would really be able to be in this area because I would think the breeze off the ocean or into the ocean would be a bit much for it to, but nonetheless, there it is. Finally, he encounters an inn, hails the keeper, uh, asks for some tea, and receives the tea, and is drinking the tea when several more men walk up to him. Admiring from afar the green ceramic persimmon that Usagi has in his hand and is looking at as he is taking his refreshment. The leader of this group is the leader of the group that was atop the hill watching Usagi. So we we know, the audience, who this is and what this is. So as we get ready for the impending battle, we see the little banter between the two, Usagi and this leader... Uh, the leader orders some sake for four, getting rid of the innkeeper, and he witnesses. And as he comes out, he's talking to Usagi. He's telling him, you should have given up the persimmon willingly, Ronin. And with a click, he thumbs up his sword, which tells us that it is about to be drawn. Usagi continues inspecting the persimmon drinking his tea, and now talking to the men. What's so important about the persimmon? We're not here to answer your questions, Ronan. And the leader tells him, you have meddled in our affairs long enough. Just hand it over, and we'll leave you in one piece. Well, Usagi is nonplussed. He is... Uh, he has put up the persimmon somewhere, you know, in his, in his sash, maybe, who knows. But we see him both hand gently sipping his tea, and he says, I'm notorious for sticking my nose in other people's business. It's a terrible flaw I have. Sip. Suddenly, he jumps into action, the leader yelling, Then it's about time someone cut off that nose of yours! Kill him! And Usagi tosses his teacup, reaches for his sword, and attacks these four men. We cut inside the inn where the keeper is finishing the preparation of the sake. Um, He heated some up specifically for these gentlemen. And as he takes the tray outside, he sees all four men lying on the ground dead, drops his tray in astonishment. Um, I think potentially one of the men is laying and his hat is covering his head. And I think his sword has been driven through his head while he was on the ground. 
I thought that looked kind of vicious, but continuing his journey on yet another hilltop, we see a group of men. That Ronin has killed two teams of assassins. He's even much more skilled than we first suspected. Kill him. And so now the archers come into play, and they rain down arrows on Usagi, but at the last moment, he heard them, probably heard the bowstring. He might have heard the arrow, the, the uh, what is it, fletch? Is that what the feathers on the back are called? Fletch fluttering slightly in the wind, because there were many, many arrows all at the same time, so they would have made a, a compound noise between them. Nonetheless, he sees it, hits the ground, starts rolling. All of the arrows uh, he, he manages to avoid. Well, not to be outdone, the archers now take the arrowheads, wrap them in combustible materials, set them aflame, and launch them into the fields uh, in front of and surrounding Usagi. Light the fields on fire. He won't be able to outrun the fire. He'll burn, die. We go in and get the ceramic uh, pot. So that is their plan. However, uh, it does not go as they would hope. Uh, and fortunately for us, in that it does not kill Usagi, because that would be the end of our book. And that would be very sad. But, fear not, no sad face emoji here. Usagi decides, as he's running, running, surrounded, what can I do? He pulls his sword and thinks to himself, only one small chance to do as Prince Yamato did when he was trapped like I am. Now there is a segue to a teaser for an upcoming episode, my friends. Stay tuned, listen in, and I believe perhaps even the next episode will have the story of young Prince Yamato and his sword that he will christen Grasscutter. Nonetheless, Usagi does that trick, cutting the grass, cutting the grass, cutting the grass, What exactly does that do, you might ask? Well, we will get into that next episode. The men head out into the fields, waiting for the fire to burn down. It does so, allows them entrance to the field. They start perusing, noting that, wow, the field is even still hot. Uh, But they see no body. They see no usagi. They see no ceramic green, although I question it would be green at this point, persimmon. And given the secret of that ceramic persimmon, I doubt that it would have been a a viable object after this fire, and we'll see why uh, when we get to the secret. Usagi hid himself under the turf. He dug himself through. As the men pass by, he erupts from beneath the surface, looking, I might add, very zombie Usagi-like. Very much like a zombie. It was kind of funny. I chuckled when I read that. They turn. They attack en masse. Swordsmen. Men wielding staves. 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 Um, archers. They all attack him. Nonetheless, Usagi starts mowing them down one by one. We see he gets nicked uh, in the ear by an arrow. I bet that hurt quite a bit. Especially a rabbit's ear. But he continues on, continues on until finally... With a twang, vwit, thuck, one arrow completely penetrates his shoulder, his left shoulder. Fortunately, not his sword arm, which you would think the archer would have been aiming for, but who knows. He comes up on Usagi, arrow knocked, 
ready to put one between his eyes, we see a hand release a twang, a zwip, and then with a shunk, the arrow goes through that archer from back to front, lodged in his chest. Felled from behind, we see another archer on horseback coming through the smoke. Who are you? Who's out there? And as the archer on horseback is revealed, we see it's Tomoeame. She was dispatched by Lord Noriyuki to find a messenger who was late. They assumed had been waylaid, had an important message, so he sends out his number one retainer to go find the messenger. She instead finds Usagi. Usagi tells her, never fear, I have the message from your messenger. She says, fine, let's take you to Lord Noriyuki. Uh, Your wound doesn't look too bad. You can probably go. And he says, that's because you're not the one with an arrow in his arm. A little bit of humor there. Later on, we are at the White Heron Castle of Lord Noriyuki of the Gaishu province. Usagi has an audience. Uh, he is is healed. His arm is not even in a sling or anything. So this this is a little while down the road. But they don't speak as though it is. So they're talking about you know the story so far and and the um, why the ceramic pot is important. Lord Noriyuki tells them that Hikiji has uh, bought a shipment from the black ships of Matchlock guns. Now we have run into this earlier. With them, he's going to overthrow the emperor. But if Lord Hikiji, if the Gaishu clan can prevent that delivery, then they will be doing the emperor a service, and the emperor will remain sitting. But this is our message, this green persimmon. And Usagi has it. He's looking at it as Noriyuki is telling him this tale, and, and he's Usagi's speaking. There's nothing much to tell. Um, sorry, let me step back. Tomoe asks Usagi, as part of the tale, you're right, there is nothing about this object that you have that that can tell us anything. Why don't you tell us how you came to have the object? Maybe the, the clue is in that story. So he's sitting there looking at it as he's retelling, you know, a portion of his, his story, and uh, shall we say 140, char- 140, yeah, 140 characters or less. Um, there's nothing much to tell, he says. I came up on your dying courier along the coast road. The coast road. I remember thinking how rugged the coastline is. So irregular, much like, that's it, as he's sitting there looking at the persimmon. The shape that has been um, painted, etched onto the outside of the persimmon is the same shape as the coastline represented from point A to point B. There is a a bubble in the finish that is in the shape of a circle representing the full moon, and the portion of the coastline that the moon is atop of is the portion of the coastline where the uh, exchange will take place, where the guns are coming ashore. And so that turns out to be the secret of the green ceramic persimmon. Uh, we have a full-page panel, a print, if you will, by Mr. Matt Crilly of Usage, walking with a Tokagi, and Mr. Crilly's creation, Akiko, in Mr. Crilly's art. Um, I've, I've read Akiko as well. Uh, it's a very good story, very, very good panel here. 
And then uh, the back of the book is the hand of Usaki holding the green ceramic persimmon. Alrighty, guys, there we go. That is um, eh, pretty much everything I was wanting to get into with this issue. Uh, we do have words uh, sake that Mr. Sakai has given us. That's the rice wine. Ronin, uh, which is masterless samurai, and Mon, which is the crest. And Usagi has Mon. It's the two circles uh, above his uh, pecs over near his shoulders, the circle with the three dots in it. Uh, that's that's the, uh, the crest of Usagi's... Um, clan um yeah that's pretty much everything stay tuned guys volume three issue 12 the beginning of the grass cutter saga will be what i talk about next time so i will talk to you next time ciao the ronin rabbit podcast is a teal production and as such is licensed under creative commons attribution non-commercial non-derivatives 3.0 unported license